When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. One of the true financial lessons that I've personally learned in my life was from existing clients of my financial planning practice. It wasn't the clients that rocked up and inherited millions of dollars and wanted to invest that money and feel really good about themselves because they're now rich and then they can go and spend all this money and waste it all and five years later have nothing left. And it's just the saddest thing that I've ever experienced in my life when that happens. But one thing that really has stuck with me is the clients that I had who were like you, who were like me, who just systematically every single month invested money into their superannuation via salary sacrifice, into an investment account. Maybe they were paying principal and interest on an investment property and over the long period of time, slowly building wealth. And then, ta-da, millionaires. It's just fascinating. And the thing is, One quote that I had in my book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested, and if you are new to the podcast, please jump on Amazon or Booktopia or your local bookshop and buy a copy. It's great. Trust me, I've read it and I've written it. But one of the things that I said, you can't command wealth if you don't respect it. So when it comes to your money, when it comes to your life, are you respecting it? So for me, I've learned this thing around my own money about I respect it. It wasn't easy to get and I will respect it oh, you don't control me, I control you, but I first respect it. And this really changed the way I see money. And one thing when I looked at clients in the past that really respected their money, they got more out of it and then they can control it and command it. But having it all just fall in your lap, there's no respect there and it will just control you and walk all over you. So look, lots going on there. But this episode today... I want you to have a look at this underlying theme that we talk about, about, you know, you can be wealthy without having lots of money, like you really can. And this episode I record with Vince Scully from LifeSherber, who's a friend of the show, you've heard him lots, and with Joel from a podcast in America called How To Money. It's actually a pretty big podcast over there, so check that out. We had a great chat. It was probably more informal chats, uh, how it came about. I walked into the expo one morning, Vince was chatting to this guy and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Glenn, nice to meet you. And Vince is like, oh, he does a podcast. And I had my gear, I'm like, hey, you want to record a podcast? And then we just walked over to a table and chatted. So some of this episode, you will hear me talk to Joel about his audience and his podcast. And we just had a chat. So use this time, use this hour that we've got together to think about your own money, your own situation, how you can be encouraged. Because everything we do at My Millennial Money, I want to be practical I want to be valuable and I want to be fun. So there's kind of those three things, practical, valuable and fun. I want to try and at least do two of those things when we record an episode. This might be a bit more fun than the other two, but there might be some valuable stuff in here as well and I hope there is. Now, before we do get into it, um, just some final housekeeping. 
I'm having a couple of weeks off actually recording stuff because I need a bit of a break. I, my wheels are about to fall off. So Facebook group, it's still pumping just to let everyone know if you put an anonymous post up, there's probably a high chance that it won't get approved because the team only submit or let through one or two anonymous posts a day and there's hundreds in the queue. So don't message me and say, hey, can you put my post up? No, just put it up in your own name if you want a guaranteed way of it getting posted because we don't want the group to be an anonymous thing and have no soul. And secondly, before I go, sorry, the intro is a bit longer today. My Millennial Investor, it's the newest rebooted podcast. We've got a host, Nick Bradley, in there. He's talking about shares. He's talking about investing. He scours the internet with all the money stuff so you don't have to head over and subscribe to My Millennial Investor today and let us know. DM us via Instagram or Facebook or whatever you do. Let us know if you want him to cover any topics he will. So let's have a chat to this today. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to My Millennial Money. I know you've got a choice and you've chose to listen to us. So I really appreciate your support. We'll see you guys soon. And I'll be back with John in a couple of weeks to get our Tuesday normal shows back up and happening. See ya. Well, hello, Australia. Glenn James here. Hope you're well. Hey, uh, this is just another bonus episode that we're doing at FinCon. I'm joined by the regular pest, Vince Scully. Welcome back, Vince. Hey, Glenn. It's been such a long time. It's been a hot momento. Now, we are joined by Joel. Don't know your last name. Can't pronounce it. Can't read that far. (laughs) Joel, who are you? What do you do? What's your social security number? Yes. All the details. I'll tell you everything right now. Thank you. Uh, should I start with one, uh, my, my birthday and yeah, all that stuff? Your social security number. Okay, first. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Joel Larsgaard from the How to Money podcast, uh, American podcast, just all about personal finance. Uh, I do it with my best friend, Matt. We've been doing it for almost five years now. And yeah, basically our goal is to help people with all the wide ranging financial decisions they've got to make in life, but do it in an informative, down to earth, fun way. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> so, your uh, background before podcasting, what were you doing? So, I was in traditional radio right. for a long time in money media, and I worked for a guy who is a consumer advocate. And so, he, he had a nationally syndicated radio show around the States, and he basically helps people with everything from investing for their future to like saving on their internet bill. So, it, it like ran the gamut. It's all sorts of advice from just like frugal hacks to how do you build wealth for the long term? Real estate investing, uh, investing in the stock market, all the above. And so I just got this like wide ranging education for 15 years as a radio producer. And I just fell in love with the, with the subject because growing up, my parents, they fought about money, they weren't good with money. And I was like, I'm not gonna be like that. But I was also, I became like a penny pincher. I was super frugal, but I didn't realize, I didn't see the ways that you could positively use money to give yourself options, to give yourself freedom. Mm. And so as I started to see that working for Clark, I'm like, it's both and. If you can be frugal, but also uh, wise and smart and prudent, then uh, you can give yourself options in you know just a short number of years. Yeah, well, Vince and I, we talk about this a lot that, you know, yes, saving money on your day-to-day expenses and not buying the single coffee, it helps, sure. Yeah. I, I, wrote not, a, I wrote a book about that. What's it called, Vince? It's called The Latte Fallacy. <laughs> um, but, but it's not going to move available the, from all the bookstores. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> it's not going to move the needle to make the significant life changes. Yeah, like you can't unspend in order to 
save significantly. You can't like, outspend, so you can't out earn bad spending. Yeah, well, the opposite, yeah. thing, whatever I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, so I think it is good to be, uh, like, we've recorded a podcast here with uh, frugal friends and sure, be frugal, be wise, but the big ticket items That's right. are the ones that will make or break you. Yeah. Well, where, where you live, what you drive. Yeah, it, well, and the problem is in so much of the personal finance advice world, there's a lot of shaming mm-hmm. about those spending things that, that are often trivial. They're not a huge deal, right? And we make a mountain out of a molehill and mm-hmm. we say, don't do this, don't do this. And so people are like, I'm just going to tune you out because you're trying to cramp my lifestyle. And so what we talk about on the show, we drink a craft beer every episode. We're super into beer. And we will sometimes spend 25 bucks on a bottle of beer. And some people think that's nuts. But we tell people to find their craft beer equivalent. Like, mm. what is it? Name two, two or three things in your life, and you're, gonna, you're just going to spend like crazy and not feel bad about it on those few items. And then you're cutting back in all the other areas of life. Like, we, I've got one car. It's a super cheap car. And, like, I've got a family of five. So we get around, I get around on my bike most, most of the time. Jeez, how old um, are you? Uh, 38. You're my age. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got four kids and a, a three partner. Kids, three kids and a partner, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, five. I was thinking, like... You plus five others. Uh, <laughs> no, but like there, there's all those things where the stock lifestyle is two cars in a garage, right? Mm. And if you can fight back on some of those things, go get coffee every day if you want to. Yeah. Uh, but we shame people into certain, and certain things are, are off the table, are, are just financially unwise decisions is what we've labeled them. And the reality is it's different strokes for different folks. And you have to know yourself well enough in, able, in, in order to be able to make the right decisions for your life. And it doesn't, you're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere, mm. right? Uh, it's, it's not pain-free necessarily. But it, yeah, we've kind of like labeled everything as bad. But that, like I used to cop a bit of heat when we first started the podcast that like I would eat breakfast out every day at a cafe. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. And, but it wasn't like, it, how did you become it wasn't a like a, <laughs> Yeah, It wasn't like a $25 meal. It was, you know, a couple of eggs and some avocado and a coffee. Yeah. But like, I didn't drive around in an $80,000 car with a $700 a month car payment. Yeah. Yep. That's like, what sinks most people. It's, yeah. those, it's a car payment. Like yeah. uh, the average car payment in the States, at least is something like $850 a month. And yeah, that's wild. I never had a car payment in, in my life. And, and those are the kind of things that really hamstring people's finances. And think about the fun stuff you could do, like if you didn't have that in your life. Mm. Vince, question. Glenn, answer. Can you ask Joel a couple of questions? Because I just have to text someone <laughs> <laughs> about the next recording that we're doing because our location has moved. You are the consummate podcasting professional, Glenn. That's what I love about you. you there know? you go. You've got to always be on. I've got a role model here now yeah. to you, look up to. You have <laughs> got to study this for years to be able to do it that's right. that nonchalantly. To do it at this level. That's right. I mean, it's... <laughs> I like the craft beer, though. Now, that sounds like a true podcast professional. That's so right. Tell me a bit more about that. Do you drink one during an episode? Just one. Just yeah. One. Everything in moderation, right. right? Like if you get blitzed while you're uh, talking about money, you're liable to give bad financial advice. So yeah, we try to keep it to a minimum. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it for us, it started out as like, well, if we're going to make this podcast, like let's have a beer together and let's talk about a subject that we're passionate about. Um, but then it really morphed into part of the ethos of the show, which is that you really can uh, live a fulfilling life in the here and now while you're saving and investing for the future. And I think most of the time people think it's a trade-off. It's one or the other. I either have to sacrifice everything in order to reach financial independence before you know retirement age. Um, and we just don't think that's true. We don't think that's the case. And the craft beer kind of is the is the visual representation of is that. Is that your us. latte factor? Is that's, that's my latte factor. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so do you think, I mean, running around the U.S., now or in the last few years, craft beer has become such a big deal. Yeah. 
And this is the He's country supposed that, to be asking him bloody money. Oh, this is, yeah. a, oh, okay. this yeah. is a money question. Yeah. Is that because this country gave the world Bud Light and that's why this is national backlash? I think we're, I think we're making up for lost time and just having ruined the world uh, with crappy beer, I think, for sure. Yeah, but the United States, I mean, there's great beer culture in so many other countries, uh, but the United States has just really taken off in the last uh, 15 years when it comes to craft. I mean, there's... We have like thousands of craft breweries now. There's one in every neighborhood, it feels like, and not all of them are good, uh, but it's it's kind of nice. Uh, and I'm actually, honestly, I'm kind of starting to get burnt out on, on craft beer because it's it's jumped the shark. It's almost gone too far. It's like there's a million different varieties. Now people throw cereal, different like fruity pebbles and stuff in beers. And so it's it's starting to uh, go past something that I can't, I don't know. I, I still love craft beer, but it, at times I'm just like, this is just a nut, nutso culture. And I don't know if it's the same here, but when, when I wrote the Latte Fallacy book, I yeah. realized that drinking quality coffee doesn't actually cost much more than drinking crappy coffee. Yes. Is it the same with beer? You know, no, actually, it's much more expensive with it beer. Is? But you're right. Like, and so uh, Matt, my co-host on the show, he just he roasts his own beans. Uh, so you can buy really good beans for like four or five dollars a pound. And you can roast them in like a popcorn popper, and you can. And it's so much of how you do coffee is getting good beans, and then making sure they're not overly roasted, and and then brewing it the right way. So that's like either French press or pour over, right? And if you're just doing it in a drip coffee uh, machine, it's not it's not going to taste as good. Do you drink good coffee? Nah, not no. really. I, I just uh, I'm not a snob on that level. But yeah. uh, if I drink crappy coffee, I know it, and I'm I'm mad about it. But no, I'm not I'm not a snob on that. So your audience, what would you say the avatar or the average audience member of your podcast is like who are you talking to each week yeah so it's it's 85 percent is gen z and millennial so almost everybody is i would say early 30s person who is saying like Listen, I, I've, I've got some things figured out. You're the out. Glenn of America. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to be, Glenn. That's what I'm telling you, okay? Everyone wants to be the Glenn. That's right. Glenn. That's right. Uh, you've got a lot of admirers, uh, as I've heard. So, yeah. So, we're just basically, it's, it's, the, it's people who He's are- He's got a great face for radio. That's right. It's people who are trying to buy their first home or trying to buy their second investment property or they're like trying to figure out the basics of investing. We have like, we're, we're true broadcasters in the sense that we feel like we're, we're reaching a bunch of people on a different uh, range of topics. So we have to be conscious of the people who are literally just getting started, but also the people who are like, okay, I'm like halfway to financial independence. How do I keep going? Um, so we kind of try to talk about all those things under the personal finance umbrella. And what do you think the biggest uh, money myth in America is that you keep having to put out with the fire extinguisher? Oh, the biggest money myth in America? Well, I think it's it's that it, you, you... Oh, hang on one sec. Yeah. I'll, I'll be here. I was literally just texting you. <laughs> Can you message Eric? Or This, this yeah. is the joys of fixing it in post. <laughs> <laughs> no, stuff it, we'll leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally messaging her. People love that. People love that, the, re- the realness. Yeah. It, yeah. Used, it used to be called bad production values. Today, it's called authenticity. That's right. Exactly. Well, you I'm just rebrand it. Rebrand it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I can focus now for the next <laughs> yeah. hour. Well, yeah. So, I think the biggest myth is, is that you have to be rich in order to grow money, to make your money grow. And the reality is you can start small. You can start when you're making $15 an hour. You can start making a $24,000 a year annual salary. Um, and it, it is those little bits that grow over time that make you rich. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so you don't have to be rich to get started. Being an investor, just getting started is getting you on the path to get there. Yeah, and I think like it's kind of funny because when you like you can start small, 
that doesn't mean you need to micro your budget with all the stuff we were just talking about. Yeah. But I think it speaks to the habit, starting the habit exactly small. Right. Yeah. I think there, that's, that's so true. And it's, it affects how you see yourself. When you start investing, now you think of yourself as an investor. Mm. And so now you're a different person, right? You have a different mindset and you're heading somewhere. Whereas before, and the great thing is with, because of technology, you can get started investing for like with five bucks a month. 10 bucks yeah. a month. And once you start going down that path, it it's taking you somewhere different. Yeah, because when I was 18, I had to save up $2,000 and buy one individual share That's right. on the uh, stock exchange. But getting to that $2,000 almost didn't happen because I'm a spender, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, and, it, and it was $50 a trade. That's right. <laughs> yes. So it, it's just a really great time to be alive. And the thing, I don't know if you notice it here in the States, like, do you guys have a Facebook group? Yes, we yeah. do. Yeah. So, like, in our Facebook group and other Facebook groups, not so much mine because I think you kind of get to the point where to a point sometimes you attract like attracts like. Mm -hmm. And I don't get into this splitting hairs over, oh, do I get this investment app and it's um, $5 brokerage or this one and it's free brokerage. Like, just pick something and yeah. start shoveling. Well, the, the thing is you can, you can obsess about the details so much that you don't actually follow through and make something happen. And, and so it's not that you don't need to be informed and that you don't need to gain some knowledge. Uh, you should. Right? You shouldn't fly blind. But the, yeah, there's, there's a lot more people who use those little details, those small things to prevent them from taking action because they're like, well, I'm not sure which of these brokerage firms to choose, so I'm just not going to do it yet when the better thing is to get started and then you can fix mistakes later on too if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, time, time fixes a lot of problems. Yeah, that's exactly right. The earlier you get started, even if for a time you were paying higher fees than you should have been, um, that's okay. Like that can be rectified later on down the line, but get, you, you can't go back in time <laughs> and suck that money away. What do you think is the most influential uh, money book, money person, money thing mm -hmm. that it might have been your former boss. Uh, or, or it could be me. No, or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror I'm every humble. morning. I'm very yeah. humble, Glenn. Uh, what, yeah, what has been the most influential thing? And this is like, uh, allow me to indulge. You know, we do... But don't stop now. Okay. <laughs> we do this like money podcast week in, week out, right? But the thing is, people don't realize that I'm actually not above any of this stuff. Mm. Like I'm a person with really bad habits. Yeah. Like I'm horrendous at saving money. But I became a good investor, a great mm -hmm. investor. Mm -hmm. So for me, I still consume content to be encouraged. Yes. I still read money books. Yep. I still am looking to become a better person. I did some uh, vocal type coaching or personal development, you know, uh, 18 months ago. So just to try and be a better broadcaster. So like, I'm not above anything. Yeah. So that's why I think it's always important that we as the hosts or the people in people's ears that we are still trying to become better. Yep. And, you know, I don't think we've really arrived until we're having a big dirt nap for the rest of infinity, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. You got to be a lifelong learner. That's yeah. important. That's important. So what's been a, is, has there been a linchpin moment, person, book thing in your life? Mm. Well, it was truly working for Clark Howard for 15 years. I mean, the guy is uh, Maybe you a could legend just here. tell people because no one would know sure. that name yeah. in Australia. So, so he, he's, a, like I said earlier, he's a consumer consumer advocate. And uh, he, he talks, he's like, he was majored in economics, but he's just like uh, 
a penny pinching dude. He wears what we call the Clarkiform. He wears like cargo shorts and a polo shirt. And like he doesn't spend a dime, even though he retired at the age of 31 after having uh, started some travel agencies and retired. And so uh, and then he got into broadcasting and he's been doing that for 30 plus years. But it's like working for him helped me see both that like frugality is a lifelong necessity, but that uh, building wealth and having a, it helped me develop, foster that positive relationship with money. When you're talking about somebody else though, like who, who am I following right now? There's a guy, Morgan Housel, uh, in oh, the, oh, yeah, love, yeah. love his book. Yeah. His book and every blog, like I'll read anything that guy writes partly because I tried to get him on the podcast. Did you? He'll come. He'll come. He didn't. He didn't. Get Clarky Boy to did he, uh, did he say, I, I did he We've say, had Morgan on. I'll, oh. I'll reach out to him for you. Yeah. Did, did he say yeah. where where's Australia? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I, I've always wanted to go to Vienna. He said. Yeah. I will say his, his money knowledge is great. His geography knowledge not so much. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But keep going. Like, sorry. His storytelling abilities mm. really help drive something, and and that helps me not only it helps me become a better podcaster. Like, how do I? Not just reach people with like the information, but tell a story that helps it connect to their lives, to their minds, to their heart. Um, that's the challenge for us because you can go read a blog about how to do a 401k rollover. I know they don't have 401ks in Australia, but you can go read a blog about that stuff. Like you can, the, the information is Googleable. Hmm. So the reason people listen to us is for personality, storytelling, and like a, a companion to help them along the way, right? And so if you can develop that, to me, that's that's the, a really important part of what we do. Yeah, well, I I've made a pact. Well, when I first started, you know, I always was, was set out to create infotainment mm. because if you have to Glenn James to help you, I'm sorry, <laughs> like you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but I can facilitate a conversation. Yeah, and so Morgan, that book. So last year, I, I released a book called Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. Yeah. Available in all good bookstores. Affiliate link <laughs> Available in all good podcast show notes, affiliate links. Um, and, you know, that book, it's an Amazon bestseller, people. For one week, it was number one in Amazon Australia. Yeah, there you go. So, what up? No, but, <laughs> but in all honesty, when we just recently did our national tour, we did a show in every capital city. I bought, because I read his book, I'm like, this book is freaking... If I was articulate, smart, intelligent, <laughs> uh, all the things, this is everything that I, Glenn James, think yeah. about investing and behavior. And he says it so perfectly yeah. that there's a money decision and there's a financial decision. Yeah, what he talks about, he, I mean, he talked about uh, in the book and he also talked about it when we, when we talked to him on the show, like he paid off his 3% mortgage. And if you're looking at it just from the numbers, it's... A, a not the smartest move mm. because if you invest that money instead, you, you're going to you're you gonna get a five percent spread minimum. Mm -hmm. Be far more successful in the long term yeah. financially, but you also have to sleep at night. There's that reality, mm. and so you have to balance your your use of of debt, strategic debt, and your ability to um, every day <laughs> look at that debt as you're paying it off. Um, and it not overwhelm you. And so, yeah, you have to, I think the behavioral side of finance is one of the most fascinating to me. That's why I like reading guys like Morgan. Um, but that's something we try to include on the show too, because that if you're not speaking to those elements of how people actually live in daily lives, you can tell them like numerically, financially, this is, this is the best course of action. But if they can't actually implement it, um, if they can't stick with it, then it, it's bunk advice. Like it's, it should be tossed out. Can you imagine what, change to people's behavior would happen if everyone had a sign in their front yard that says, here's today's house value and here's your mortgage balance. Yes. Yeah. And it changed every five minutes. 
Well, that was so when gas prices were going up recently, just uh, average close to five dollars a gallon in in, in the U.S. Uh, it's it's this funny thing where it's it's a it's not a huge part of most people's budgets. Mm. The average car payment in the United States is something close to eight hundred fifty dollars yeah. a month, but. For some reason, because it's posted like a billboard it was on the every stroll that was breaking corner. the camel's yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's one of those things where, you, when you think about it logically, it shouldn't be nearly as big of a deal as it is. But because the price is posted everywhere, yeah. we're constantly reminded of it, and we're like, "These gas prices—they're killing me!" And so we're complaining to our neighbors about it, even though there are other bigger things we've done uh, that have, that are sinking our financial ships a whole lot more quickly. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you buy the same amount most times, so yeah. the price goes right through to your brain. Yep. Like you get to the supermarket, you know, sometimes you buy you know, 400 grams and sometimes you buy 350 grams. So you don't really notice the price. Yeah. But every time you go and buy 50 liters and stick it in the tank, you know how much that costs. That's right. Yeah. Hey, uh, we've got to do one thing and that is drop a dynamic ad marker. So we'll be right back after we pay the bills, people. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, we're back. Now, what do you think in your own personal financial life is the best money decision that you and your wife have made and why? I think the best money, it was probably buying our first rental property. Like be and so I started off by house hacking even before I met my wife and had a roommate bought a place had a roommate in there paying more than half the mortgage right and uh, then we we rented that house out as we bought another house and then we rented that house out as we bought another house and so every time you do that the cool thing about real estate is it, it's providing cash flow while at the same time uh, hopefully that property is going up in value and so. For, for me, getting into real estate investing has been the greatest. And, and I think sometimes a lot of the real estate gurus out there, quote unquote gurus, will make real estate sound like it's foolproof. You can't go wrong. And you have to be smart about how you do it and you can't go too hard too fast. But that has been, that's been the best money move for us. How do you get into property? Is at, like, so I'm buying single family homes or duplexes. I oh, know, like, do you go the front door, the back door usually? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, what's the funding arrangement in your life? Is it I, all so I cash? save it up. I save up 
twenty to twenty five percent to put down. Yeah. Um, so living frugally, and then and then eventually, once you've done that five or six times, the cash flow that you're making off those other properties allows you to save up even more quickly to buy the next one. Yeah. So in Australia, uh, you might not be aware that housing it's really expensive. Yeah. Like it's actually ridiculous. Uh, and you know maybe. I don't know, would you say, Vince, 15 years ago, you could say, well, the housing prices are more expensive in Australia, but the wages are more, so it's kind of like for like with the States, but now it's actually, you know, the lines have just departed yeah. from each other. Yeah. I mean, there's so many fundamental differences in the markets. You know, you've got Australia's much more dependent on capital growth for return from real estate, so much lower rental yields, mm-hmm. you know, two, three, four percent rental yields. Um, it's probably more tax advantaged in Australia. Um, but in the US, the government's underwriting your fixed rate 30 right. year loan. That's right. Um, yeah. And so now I've got those. And it's tax deductible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've got those 30 year loans at three and a quarter. And uh, it, with inflation at 9%, it feels like a gold mine sitting on top of a gold mine. So. And what are you getting, like 16, 15% yield on some of those properties? Yeah, yeah, somewhere close to that. Yeah. So, and then, and, but the appreciation has been like the first house I bought, I bought it for $89,000 in 2009, and it is probably worth $425,000 today. Mm. So, American dollars. So, our closing um, costs might be that size on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, and I, I like it too. Investing in real estate right around the corner from where I live, man, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, upgrading these houses, uh, providing a place for people to live and investing in my neighborhood. Uh, so I like that. Um, but I, I also think diversification is important, right? So you got, I'm investing in the market and I'm, I'm I, like, I don't want to just be a one trick pony. I think that sets people up for success or, or uh, yeah, you, you have to be more diversified. So investing in the market and, and in real estate, doing both of those things simultaneously. Are there any big financial lessons that you've learned the hard way? Mm. Well, I was so fortunate, man. Like I learned, like I learned from my parents, mm. really uh, screwing things up. And I love them so much. Like they're my heroes in so many ways. But they were bad with money. And so uh, when they they declared bankruptcy when I was twelve, um, and wow. that was so. Which creditor did they give you to? Right. <laughs> so that's how I became da- adopted. <laughs> how my new David dad was really good with money. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing. His name was Robert Kiyosaki. You're, you're, uh, yeah. you're, you're dad. a rich dad. Right, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I learned from that. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a trying time. And I was like, I never want money to be an issue in my marriage. Like, or I want it to be one of those things where I want to start, I start thinking about it now so that, uh, we can, we have options available to us and that we never have to argue about this stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that was really, that was the, the money mistake that, that helped me. It was the one that I, I didn't do myself, but I learned from significantly really, I've never, like, I've never had a credit card balance. I've been really fortunate in that, in that regard. But again, like seeing it firsthand from my parents, like, I don't want to repeat those mistakes. So what are you doing with your kids? How old are your kids, Joel? Nine, seven, and three. And are you, what are you doing to be their rich dad? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Or rich puppy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we talk about it a lot. We just make it a regular part of conversation. And my kids, like we, we give them a little bit of money every week, a little bit of an allowance, and ha- we talk about how they want to spend that. And we have, a, like, the other day we were we were in. You guys, you guys have Costco in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. They've just there's, moved there's down a handful in of recent them. years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we were in Costco. I've never been in one. Oh, what? All right, I will take you, Vince. Okay, we'll go together. It's a lovely place. And so my daughter saw this squishy mellow, at, which is like this giant pillow stuffed animal thing, and it was fourteen dollars. And she's like, I really want this thing, Dad. Is that plus tax and tip? uh, No, the taxes. (laughs) So it was fifteen thirty-seven after tax. Okay, and so 
uh, I, was, I told her, hey, all right, this is, this is great. This is super cute. I can see why you'd want this. We're going to wait 48 hours. And if you still want it, I'll bring you right back here to wow. get this thing. So it's, it's the delayed gratification. She still wanted it, and we went back to get it, mm-hmm. which is great. And did you spend more than $14 in gas and tolls going back? <laughs> so I'm wasting my own money to do this, right? Uh, but it's those kind of conversations, the, the, the trade-offs that we have to make as adults every day, but we don't really teach our kids about it most of the time. Um, and we kind of insulate them from the financial decisions that we have to make as a family. Uh, one of my, uh, my co-hosts, his wife, they, their family would talk about their family vacations and they would, they would get a budget and they would get, get to help pick the destination, the restaurants they would go to on that vacation. Uh, and I think those kind of things you can do as a family, you can involve your kids in those decisions. It doesn't have to be, uh, the parents decide and then the kids come along, involve them in those decisions, like talk to them like they're grownups, uh, about these things. And then they're going to grow up knowing a, a lot more than their peers. In the real test as a parent, when it comes to money is, do your kids turn off the light when they leave their bedrooms? That's so true. Although that is also a very old school thing, Vince. <laughs> LEDs I, will draw yeah, less than the fridge, true. mate. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I failed with this completely, but my dad was right onto this. <laughs> I was growing up in the pre-war era. <laughs> oh, during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I saw a meme today. Um, it's really cool. Is this take the piss out of Vince time? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I offer my kids $500 for every A on their report card. It sends the message that education is a priority in our household and it costs me absolutely nothing since my kids aren't that bright. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to eat 30% of my kids' chocolates. See? <laughs> Bit of tax. It's a dad tax. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, right. So have you thought like what you're going to do when they start earning a living? Uh, is there going to be like a temple tax, 10% kiddies while you live here or... Yeah, that's a good question. I would hope that, yeah, they're out of the house at 18 and they're fully grown and ready to spread their wings. And if they want to stay, that, yeah, we'll charge them rent or something. I don't know. I guess I haven't thought that far ahead. But really, yeah. And that's the thing. When you start teaching them now about the value of money, value of a dollar, hopefully those conversations about how much university might cost or uh, when when they do got to have to get out of the house or pay rent, those conversations are made a little bit easier. They're a little less shocking because it's like, oh, well, dad's been talking to me about money for a decade plus. And change of pace again. What have you been talking about in the recent days or weeks on your podcast? Have there been any thematic things that have that you've addressed or that have come up? Well, every Friday episode, we're talking about what's happening in the finance space and how that pertains to people's personal finances. And so, one of the biggest things lately we've been talking about is the student loan forgiveness uh, that just took place in the states. So, there's what's your thought on that? Oh yeah, so that's a politically divisive topic, Glenn, which I'm I'm happy to get into. So I, I think if it's going to help a lot of people, right? But it's also not my preferred method to help people. Uh, but there, there, are, and we're also not addressing the root of the problem, which is the ridiculous cost of higher education in the states. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's better ways to go about it. And I, it's also a politically du- dubious move. Um, it, I, if it had passed through some sort of congressional resolution, I would have been more likely to be in favor of it um, as opposed to just some sort of. Buying votes. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you might have to help me with the maths here, but if you've been deferring interest, uh, deferring repayments for two years during COVID. Two plus years, yeah. And they've been accruing interest in the meantime. No, they haven't been oh, accruing they interest. Okay. They have not been accruing interest. So who's been wearing the cost of that? The, the, US the lender? The US taxpayers, yeah. Who've been paying the lender? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because they're federally um, so two years guaranteed, years, aren't they? So two years yeah. worth of interest is way more than... A one-off 10,000 forgiveness, isn't it? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. We'd have to run the numbers. But 
the reality is that $10,000 off a lot of people, something like 10 plus million borrowers just got the rest of their student loans forgiven. But, but there's a, a whole lot a of borrowers. 10, 10 grand cap wasn't there. Well, no, there's a 20 grand cap 20, for people who had a Pell Grant. So they needed additional financial assistance. Right. Um, so some of those people who were already coming from a low, lower socioeconomic background, they were impacted more heavily. But um, I'm not going to say it's, it's, not, it's not helpful to a lot of people. Sure, 10 grand uh, off your debt is, is great for a lot of people, but it's just not the most effective way to address income inequality or to help people. Like, There's a lot of people who bootstrapped the business at the age of 18 or 19. Mm. They're an electrician or a plumber, and they've got business costs they incurred to start that business. And, and they're not a part of this forgiveness because they, they, they took a, a more financially prudent decision, something that was going to be better for their long-term job prospects, and they didn't go to college. And so I just think it's, um, when we're talking about the typical uh, college graduate in the States earns something like $900,000 more in income over their lifetime. So why are we giving some sort of a, a debt bailout yeah. to people who are going to be the higher earners in our but, society? It I mean, this is the big argument about why universities shouldn't be free. Right. Because that's actually a transfer of wealth from those who don't go to those who do go. And those who don't go earn less than those who do go. And it also says that more people should go to college. And the reality is 40, 50 years ago, uh, there weren't enough people going to college, right? And, and the reality is today that uh, there are a lot of people who go to college that, that probably should have done something else. And they should have avoided the debt. And they should have uh, pursued their own business or done something um, a little more bl- blue collar in nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. Poly- uh, graduates, HVAC, uh, people who graduate from this HVAC school where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, they can quickly start making seventy dollars or $80,000 a year doing HVAC maintenance work, right? And it's not an easy job. But there are, if you own your own business as a plumber or, or uh, some, it, it, you can really grow and in your mid-20s, late 20s, have a thriving business doing blue-collar work. There is no shame in that game. And I think more people should consider it. And there is a legitimate path to real wealth uh, going that direction. I thought it was more of, you know, the government balance sheet. It was cheaper for the government to wipe a heap of it than paying interest on it to the lenders because people weren't paying. Yeah. Or something like I don't know. I'm not I'm actually not across it because it's not well, in my remit. The, the difficult thing too for a lot of people is repay they, they push back the the uh, the, 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 the people don't have to start paying on their loans until January still. And when we get to that point, hopefully people will be able to pay. But it's gonna be a shock to the system when you haven't had to pay your four hundred dollar a month student loan bill for close to three years. It's going to be shocking yeah. to see a most shelf people coming here. out of sight, out of mind, and you have forgotten what you owe, and you've forgotten to include that in your monthly budget. And so a lot of people are going to be over a barrel. Uh, the ten grand is going to help, and it might lower your payment a little bit, but you're still going to be shocked uh, when those payments resume. So that's going to have a bigger impact, presumably, than the Fed hiking rates by half a percent. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see come January. I think it's going to be really hard for a lot of people, and I think it's going to hurt the American economy. Mm, wild. Well, shock jock. Yeah. Mm. Anything else that... So uh, what would you do if you were in the White House? How yeah. would you fix oh the student gosh. loan problem? Yeah. Well, I think I would... I would uh, something like a, more apprenticeship programs. I think Germany does a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see that. I think there's a legitimate path. They make good beer too. They've got great beer in Germany too. That's right. Um, and I think... Uh, I did an apprenticeship when I left school. Did you? At 16, yeah. What'd you do? Uh, telecommunications. Okay. Yeah. And so... I realized when I went to college for four didn't years. Did you see how he assembled? <laughs> it's impressive. That's it. Took you a long time to learn that, though, Glenn, didn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I went to college for four years, and when I got my first job in radio, I was shocked at how little I used from what I learned in college. And it's not that it wasn't worthwhile in some regards, 
but it, it didn't really help me in the day-to-day uh, in a whole lot of ways. Yeah, I reckon, like someone was asking me the other day, and how old were they? They were, I think, just turned 17. Family friend. And she said, oh, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I'm like, awesome. Like, just go and work when you leave school. Yeah. Don't just roll into university tomorrow and enroll in some degree that you think could be interesting because interesting we can get on the internet for free sure (laughs) um just go out in the workforce and she's like oh i really like nails and all that so we'll go and work in a salon for a couple of years and just work and experience life and you know you can you know if you're 23 listening to this and you've just had a few years of working and travel it's okay to go and punch out a three-year degree yeah you just got to keep, and this, this full full circle back to that personal finance thing. Live on less than you earn. Keep out of consumer debt. Keep your budget agile, lean, with less crap hanging off it. Be cash heavy if you can. It will give you the best options yeah. for going forward. And then going back to university will not. Well, going to university at a later age won't be a bigger deal because how many people have we met? And you might be listening to this. And this could be you. You've got family, kids, all that stuff. You've got the mortgage, you've got the car payment. We're living on the line. I'm not. I'm, I'm in a job that I don't love. Like you can be trapped in that and you can't take the foot off the earning gas to press reset on your yeah. life. And that's okay. We're here now and we'll help you and encourage you. And there's a, a bit more we're doing in the career space uh, in the coming months, so listen out to for that. But I think it is learn that if you don't live on, if you don't consume all your grain, you'll have more grain to plant when you come to a field that's. In good. This, yeah, <laughs> but we see this a lot with um, professionals who've gone straight from university to work for a professional firm like lawyers or accountants or engineers. And they go through the 20s with steady increases in pay and their um, spending rises to just beat it. Yep. And they get to the early 30s and go, you know, I actually don't want to be a lawyer anymore. But they've got the lifestyle that goes with the, the big lawyer paycheck. And it's really hard to undo all of that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's the, the concept of FU money, right? Where mm. and, and we call it peace out money because we're just more diplomatic like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but th- there's that reality that saving up that nest egg, like I had a friend who lost his job and he just had to immediately get the next job he could get because he had no savings. And if you have six months of savings, you you can take your time and find the job that works best for you and it pays more. Um, but if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you got to get another paycheck in the door. And that is a precarious uh, position to be in financially. And so, yeah, the more peace out money you can have stored away, if you got six months worth of expenses socked away, it just gives you that breathing room. And if you if you do feel like it's time to move on, um, it makes that decision a whole lot easier. My dad used to always say that most people are three pay packets away from the poor house. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a shame. No, we don't have pay packets or poor houses anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Although Vince wants to bring them back. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> well, you can listen to Joel on How To Money. Uh, and I'll read the blurb. Best friends, Joel and Matt, are the co-hosts of How To Money which is all about providing the knowledge and tools that normal folks need to thrive in areas like debt payoff, DIY investing, 
I don't know. If, was there a typo there? Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I can't read. Uh-oh. Um, Looks like it. And crucial money tricks that will provide continuous help to a long... Yeah, anyway. Well, I do like podcast. a crucial money tip in the morning. I do. That's anyway, what we're here for, Vince. Um, that's you guys, isn't it? That's us, yeah. Nice green Adorable, and right? I, in fact, it looks remarkably like a color associated with a, a millennial money podcast from down under. We'll see how Apple have made all your thing nice. We look, I mean, I, I think... Well, uh, like on my one... Do they not give you the special treatment? They didn't give me the special treatment. I've just got a little square. Wow. I, All right. I, I'll reach I, out I, to my contacts yeah, there, Glenn. We'll right. make something happen. That's I, not right. I emailed the editorial team or whoever at Apple. I'm like, oh, hey, some other podcasts have got it really nice on the header and all that. And they're like, yeah, we choose who we do that for. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, messed up. You might have to go give them a do you know who he is line. <laughs> I'll call Tim Cook up right after this. Yeah, yes. Maybe you. maybe you just want to take John out of the picture. That might solve the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of here, Johnny Boy. <laughs> All right, Joel, thanks so much for joining us on My Millennial Money today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Vince, by the way. <laughs> We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 